Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, Hokie Nation, and welcome into this edition of TSL Today. We record on Monday, April 24th, 2023, from the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg, Virginia. We've got a fun show planned for you today. The Hokies take two of three from Florida State on the baseball diamond this weekend, and Chris Hirons is here to recap it all. All that and much more coming up on this edition of TSL Today, which starts right now. We welcome you back to this edition of TSL Today. TSL Today, like always, sponsored by Triumph NIL. Triumph Recruit, Retain, Reward. We appreciate Triumph NIL sponsorship with both TSL and TSL Today. Well, joining me today across the way is our baseball guru, Mr. Chris Hirons. Chris, as always, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Well, another nice weekend for the Hokies. They take 203 from Florida State down in Tallahassee, their first series victory at Mike Martin Field since 2010. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much everything you could ask for. Obviously, you know, Tech would... I'd rather have a sweep. Anyone would, but you know it's pretty. It's pretty difficult to sweep, sweep a team, especially down on the road. You know, you have the long flight down in Florida. Um, you have the bus ride to Charlotte, then the flight to Florida. So, Hokies winners twenty four to nine on Friday, four to three on Sunday before falling, or excuse me, four to three on Saturday before falling four to three on Sunday. I want to go game by game here, as we always do. Let's start with the fifteen run victory on Friday. Hokies found themselves down 5 nothing early, three innings in, and end up scoring 24 runs en route to a big-time victory. Yeah, I mean, the offense was clicking. I mean, Brody Donay had seven RBIs, two homers. He looked good. David Bryant will get into him in a minute, cycled. And I think the biggest story from that game, and I know we'll get into that also in a minute, but I think the biggest story was Anthony Narguez working in the seventh inning. Well, Tech scored 16 unanswered runs, five runs in the fourth, four in the sixth, three in the seventh, four in the eighth, and then they decided to score eight more in the ninth. 17 hits for the Hokies on the night. Six guys with multi-hit games, including two with four hits on the day, with the highlights being Brody Donay going yard twice. And how about David Bryant? You mentioned it. He hit for the cycle, the Hokies' second cycle of the year behind Chris Canizero back against Bryant earlier this year. How about him? He's kind of the Carson Jones 2.0 this year, I would say. Yeah, I mean, the last few weeks, I mean, he's hit a couple home runs. Uh, I mean, no one's ever going to top what Carson Jones did. What was it, like seven homers in nine games? Yeah. That was that was crazy. But, I mean, that is exactly what you want for someone who's filling in for Carson Demartini. Um, there's not much drop-off in the glove while Demartini DHs and, you know, works through a shoulder issue that he has. But, you know, David Bryant, I mean, started off slow. You know, a guy from Radford saw a lot of big south pitching, hit the big south really, really well for four years at Radford. And then, you know, kind of got us cut off to a slow start this year. It takes some guys a little while to adjust to this to, to the ACC. But, you know, I think he's really found his stride. And, you know, he's he's been great since uh, since he stepped back in the lineup against Georgia Tech. They're not taking him out of the lineup now, I can't imagine. No, I mean, no, nah, no. Nah, I mean, he, you cycle on Friday. You hit yeah. two homers the Sunday before against Georgia Tech. I think he had a hit or two against Radford um, in that loss. But, 
you know, he's been he's been exactly what you need. And like I said, I mean, there's not a drop off with the glove. I mean, Demartini's a elite level third baseman, and then you know, Bryant's Bryant's pretty close to that too. Yeah, and it's a plus to the lineup too because you can keep Demartini in as the DH role, and it'll be interesting to see what happens as Carson Demartini continues to get healthier because you probably do want him at third at some point, but you're probably not going to sit Clay Grady at short either. No, I mean you can't you can't do. That. I mean Clay Grady's been sorry to cut you off, but no, I mean, you're Clay, good. Clay, Clay Grady's been like really 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 good at short. Um, I mean, and then DB's been also really good at third and yeah it'll be interesting to see you know if Demartini ever comes away from the DH I mean he's you know not saying that David Bryant's a bad third baseman with the glove but you know Demartini's an elite level guy um, it'll be interesting if you know David Bryant moves back into the DH role mm-hmm. or you know he sticks at third and Demartini um, DHs well, I don't think you can forget about Anthony Arguez either. I thought he was really, really good on Friday, especially, you know, he really helped out Virginia Tech's pitching staff by going deep into the ball game. And with the Hokies not being able to start Griffin Green this weekend, they really, really needed their bullpen. So I thought Arguez did a really, really nice job. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing about last week, I mean, he was so, so, so resilient on Friday. You know, you go down 5 nothing. I mean, it it's hard going back out there in the fourth inning. And the throw is zero in the fourth inning, throw a zero in the fifth, and another one in the sixth. And, and then recording out in the seventh, I thought that was probably the biggest story of the weekend. You know, you really save that bullpen three, four innings. You know, you, you get 12 to 15 extra outs from Arguez. I thought, you know, especially with the health of the bullpen, you know, some guys are kind of, you know, teetering on being healthy and being unavailable for the weekend. Um, I thought that was that was probably the biggest story from the weekend. Well, and you mentioned it. It was a rough start for the Miami transfer, but he really settled down. Six and a third, six hits, five runs. They were earned. Seven strikeouts and just two walks. Offense was definitely the story on Friday, but on Saturday, it was the pitching side of things, and it was particularly based on Drew Hackenberg's performance. The Hokies' first complete game since 2019. He was absolutely dominant in the win on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, first guy to do it since Ian Seymour, second rounder to the Rays back in 2020. I thought that was probably one of the more complete performances he's had. Even though he gave up three runs, I mean, he still threw 114 pitches. And then especially the week week before that, um, where he threw six solid, six innings of, what, two-run ball against Georgia Tech, and then, mm-hmm. you know, eight innings of one-run ball. You know, Drew's kind of, you know, re not reinvented himself, but, you know, he's kind of, in a way, I don't know, he's, he's really turned it around from especially where it started. And... Not that he was getting hit around a lot. He's a guy who kind of gives up a lot of awkward contact, you know, a lot of soft bloop singles that kind of just find the hole. Um, but, you know, he's been able to really limit that the past few weeks. And then, you know, it was clearly evident on uh, Saturday when, you know, even – and I just thought it was interesting that the that the coaching staff trusted him enough to, you know, where the tying run gets in the scoring position with two – or gets to third with two outs and then the winning run moves mm-hmm. to second on the wild pitch. I thought that was – that was pretty, pretty – uh, Pretty interesting how, how much the coaching staff trusted him to get out of that. Well, Hackenberg, 11 hits, three runs. They were earned, 12 strikeouts, and didn't walk a soul on 116 pitches. And you mentioned it really had to bear down in that ninth. The winning runs at second and, you know, induced what was it was a it was a pot fly out towards left center field. Yeah, that Chris Canizero yeah. uh, caught. So really nice job from him. You mentioned it. This is kind of his third straight really, really good start. Was good against Duke. Eight innings strong against the Blue Devils in Durham a couple weeks ago. Georgia Tech was good in Blacksburg last weekend. And then obviously this weekend. How how encouraging is that to see, particularly 
with no Griffin Green? Because I feel like you have to get that Drew Hackenberg now. Yeah, I mean that's that's really what you need from a guy who can kind of who can come in and shut you down and almost guarantee you a win as long as the bats are bats are awake um, during that game. And which they they were, you know, eight hits or whatever. It was a five or eight hits. I don't remember which which day they have five hits. Was that Sunday? Sunday. Yep. So yeah. So Saturday, I mean, they had eight hits, a couple walks, you know, timely hits that kind of came through. I think they scored what. An inning, a run in the second through like the fourth inning or something like that. But um, I mean that that was that was what you know you probably you thought this team was going to be coming into this year. You know they were going to play in a lot of close ball games, and the pitching staff was really going to um, not bail the bats out, but you know really give the bats a chance to you know even only have to score a few runs and they could still have a chance to win. On Saturday, Clay Grady two for five with two RBI singles. Brody Donay got the scoring started with an RBI single, and then Jack Hurley had an RBI double as well. Speaking of Hurley, okay, let's flip to Sunday. Was not in the lineup because he was hit by a pitch on Saturday. Do you have an update on him and maybe what his progress is going forward as to when he could potentially see the lineup again? Yeah, just so uh, anyone who didn't see Saturday's game, he got hit with a pitch in the ninth inning, uh, fastball that kind of just ran in, and hit him right in his left hand. Um, he was down, you know, probably f- through his helmet. You know, and it, was, it wasn't a lot of pain. I don't. Jack Hurley gets hit with a lot of pitches, fouls a lot of balls off his feet, off his ankle, off his leg. You know, I mean, the baseball hits him a lot. And for him, you know, I thought I was like, I watched and I was like, man, you know, he, that that's not good. But the TV broadcast reported that, um, that Hurley, that they think it's, I think they heard that it's only a bone bruise and that he could be in the lineup as soon as, uh, or he's considered day-to-day and could be in the lineup as soon as the uh, UNC series coming up next weekend. Okay, another injury that still looms over the Hokies that obviously everybody is talking about is the status of Griffin Green. Tech went with Jonah Herney on Sunday without Green. First off, before we get into that, do you have an update on the green situation and when could we potentially see him again if we even do see him again? So I don't know when they'll see him again. Uh, after the Radford game, I asked uh, Tech head coach John Sheff, you know, what what the update was on green. You know, he got checked out last Monday and um, and I don't know if they found anything, but then I asked Sheff on Tuesday and he said that he's getting checked out today, uh, April 24th uh, again. Yeah, yeah. So today, April 24th. Are you surprised Tech went with Jonah Herney in that spot? Yes and no. I mean, Herney's been one of their more reliable arms for the past three years. I was a little surprised they didn't go with Kiernan Higgins, but he did pitch on Friday and then warmed up in the bullpen on Saturday, so I don't know if that had anything to do with that. He started a few midweeks. And then I was also a little a little surprised they didn't go with either uh, Andrew Sentlinger, but more so surprised they didn't really you know go with Jacob Exum. I mean, you you could have seen, you know, against, you know, a team like FSU who really hasn't played that well this year, you know, how Exum or Sentlinger, you know, one of their younger arms, you know, started a game in the ACC against, you know, the ACC's worst team this year. But again, you know, Jonah, Jonah Hurry's been a guy that they've been able to count on for, you know, the last three years. And he's, you know, put up really, really good results. You know, didn't have that bad of a start. Um, gave up the RBI single in the first inning and then the, the two-run homer in the third and came out after that. Does Tech stick with Jonah Herney in the meantime if in the meantime if Griffin Green is still out? Do you have to because here's my thinking, do you have to keep, you know, your you have to keep hoping your starters continue to go deep because you look at Friday, Anthony Arguez went six and a third. Saturday, Drew Hackenberg threw a complete game. And then on Sunday, 
you know, essentially you're having to throw a bullpen game with Jonah Herney. You had two really good starts on Friday and Saturday, and you still kind of had to throw it by committee on Sunday. So, like, do the Hokies continue to go back to Herney? Do they continue to go the the bullpen game route on Sunday? There's just a lot of thoughts going through my mind when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, I think they have to kind of go to the bullpen game. You don't really have... They don't really have that midweek starter. I wonder if had Ryan Kennedy been healthy this year, you know, the freshman from Northern Virginia, you know, you wonder if he would have slotted in the to the third starter role once Griffin Green went down. But obviously he hasn't pitched. He's probably not going to pitch the rest of the year. Do you, you know, my, my guess, my gut feel is that they're going to go by committee, whether it's Herney or Higgins or, you know, Sentling or someone else. Um, I don't know if it'll be Herney again, but – because they did this a few times, a little bit last year with the with the guy by committee, the bullpen game on mm-hmm. Sunday, um, before they found Jordan Geber, <clears throat> where I think Henry Weicker started a game, Ryan Okuda was a few games, and then they finally found that fifth guy, or not the fifth guy, the third guy with um, Jordan Geber. I guess my my additional thinking with this is what would have happened if you know Hackenberg or Anthony Arguez was knocked around and had to come out of the game early because. Again, you're already going deep with the two starters, and again, you're going by committee on Sunday. So what would have happened? Like, what would they have done on Sunday if they had to use Jonah Herney on Friday and Saturday in high leverage situations? If they went with Jonah Herney, I mean, my guess, I mean, it would be it would be the guy who didn't pitch on yeah. Friday or Saturday. It's essentially yeah. that's what it, it I mean, comes that's down really to. what it comes down to. And I mean, a lot of ACC teams do this. A lot of ACC teams really don't have that third starter. Tech's been very, very lucky the past two years, you know, they didn't have that third starter beginning of last year. Found Gieber in the middle of the year, but they were very, very lucky to have to have him come on the scene um, in the last, you know, half of the season or so. And then they've obviously were really, really lucky to have you know Griffin Green and Arguez and Drew Hackenberg healthy for as long as they did this year. So, a lot of teams, you know, they do they 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 have a guy who can throw three or four innings um, on Sunday and. You know, then they have to kind of piece together the bullpen, um, especially especially with the way offense in the ACC and around college baseball has been for the past two or so years where home runs and runs are really up. What are your overall takeaways from this weekend? The Hokies now 23 and 14 overall. They're 10 and 10 in ACC play kind of back where they need to be. Where do they stand in? The NCAA tournament conversation, where do they stand in the ACC tournament conversation? I know they're in the middle of the Coastal Division at this point. Oh, man, that was a loaded question. It was a loaded question. <laughs> um, you know, we had the whole conversation about regional hosting <laughs> last week, and I feel like now we kind of get, you know, like they lose the rapper, but they still went to a three. There's a conversation to be had there, of course. I mean, like, if, I, obviously, if they win all next their nine games, they're probably hosting a regional, which, you know, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. That's really tough to do in baseball. But, you know, I mean, they will, you know, I've had people, you know, comment and reply to my tweets and, you know, DM me, like, there's no way Tech makes the, the NCAA tournament after Or the they boards, lost. I was checking the message yeah. boards yesterday and somebody put something on there about that how it's going to be a prayer if. Yeah, and it's not a prayer. I mean, as long as Tech doesn't fall flat in its face and go, I don't know, two and seven. Three and six, one and eight, zero oh and nine, and it's next day, like next yeah, nine. Can't go zero and nine. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna make the tournament. I mean, you go at least five hundred. I mean, they're at least a two. They're at least a three seed, if not a two. I mean, they they've played. The problem is like they had, they played the ACC's best mm-hmm. in those first two or three weeks. They played, you know, Miami, Boston College had a really really good year, UVA, you know, and you take a series from them. Um, I. In terms of the ACC tournament, I mean, they're two games back yeah. of the Coastal Division lead, which, imagine saying that. 
three, four weeks ago when they were two and eight going in that yeah. the second ACC or UVA game. I just think, you know, this is the turnaround that at least I don't know if the fan base was expecting it, but like I wasn't surprised when that happened. You know, I've I, I wasn't surprised when they turned it around because, you know, I kept saying, you know, it's coming. Like, they are more talented. They lost a lot of close games. They weren't healthy. Now they're getting – they were getting back healthy. Now, you know, yeah. they lost Griffin Green. They were still Hurley's able to piece – Yeah, Hurley, Hurley's banged up. But, you know, they were still able to piece together, you know, two wins against FSU at FSU where those fans are loud. And, yeah. you know, even though FSU had four ACC wins coming in the weekend, that's still – you know, it's a, it's a tough place to win. I would put money on them being a two seed in a regional right now. That's probably where I see them landing, whether it be at South Carolina, East Carolina, which I would love to see because I'm going to be in the Greenville (laughs) area. Um, Yeah, just one of those schools. Tennessee's probably not going to host this year, but, you know, that kind of regional area. You could see them going to Knoxville, like... (laughs) I mean, one of those is, type of schools. The thing is about the way the NCAA does the seeds, especially for one and two seeds, is that, or I guess the two seeds, they, you know, they'll do they'll seed the teams basically one through thirty-two, if that makes sense. You know, the yeah. the the one will play the seventeen seed, or the one will play the thirty-two seed, the two will play the thirty-one. Sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The way that goes, I think we talked about that last week, but yeah, you know. And that's the way Tech will probably be seated if they're a two seed. I don't know if it'll be based on you know how far or how close the 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 hosting school is, but you know that'll be that'll be interesting. But if they're the three seed, then I could see them going down to um, South Carolina or yeah. ECU or even Florida. Gainesville's not super yeah. far. Yeah, and that's where they were last uh, projected to host was Gain or not host, but projected host yeah. was Gainesville as a three seed. Last question for you. What's coming up on TSL Baseball-wise this week? You got, what, JMU at home tomorrow and then three games set with North Carolina at Englishville this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I'll be at all four of those games. Uh, I know David Cunningham was talking about or thinking about going to cover the JMU game for a future, for running a feature mm. um, on someone for t- uh, Tech Sideline. Um, but Drew Hackenberg will probably be available for media tomorrow. Um, so that I might have a Hackenberg feature and how well he's pitched lately coming out later this week. And potentially more green Hurley updates throughout the week as well, depending yeah. on when they're available, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I plan to ask uh, John Chef tomorrow, you know, what, what's the latest news with green and, and Hurley? Awesome. Well, sounds good. Chris, thank you so much for your time as always. Well, that's Chris Hirons across the way. Kyle Marshak, today's best producer in the land behind the scenes. And I'm Carter Hill, your host for this edition of TSL Today. Thanks for tuning in. Got Mary Griffin coming in here momentarily. Jeevon Heater's going to sit down with her to preview the Hokies in Syracuse in lacrosse on Wednesday in the ACC Championships coming up down in Charlotte. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you very soon.